My name's Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. Welcome to another special episode of Make Ours Marvel, we like to call Not Comics. This is Not Comics Special 22, which is palindromic, which doesn't <laughs> matter at all. But hey, we are bookending our X, uh, X-Files, no, X-Men films journey with the final Logan film. I say bookend in the fact that this is Logan's outro whenever he's the one who helps start the whole thing. Not because we're done yet, because there are more X-Men movies to come. But, this is the weirdest intro ever, but since this is an X-Men movie, we have been rejoined by the magnificence that is half of those bitches on comics, Sarah Century. Hello. Tricked her again. <laughs> that's so the closest excited. thing I'm ever going to get to calling you that. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's come up a few times. As he was talking about somebody who wrote in and was <laughs> was just like, "I don't want to call you bitches," <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah, I get it. Sure, yeah. don't." Well, there's that one guest you had. That you're like, "Can you think of some favorite comic?" You know, and she's like. I nope. don't like that word. <laughs> yeah, we were like, oh, well, it's awkward that that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> I usually try to avoid saying it. Um, but anyways, well, welcome back to the show, Sarah. We are here to talk about some Logans. Yeah. Now, y'all know Sarah Century's odyssey and journey through this <laughs> void in her life with no X-Men films whatsoever. Yes. But you were back at X-Men by this point, right? Uh, Yeah, I don't remember exactly when I watched Logan. I know it was much later than everybody else still. It was about a year later, I think. I have no recollection of watching this movie. I remember all of the details, but I, whenever I rewatched it earlier, I, there was entire parts that I had forgotten about. It was pretty amazing to watch it only a year later and to be watching a completely different movie that I did not remember. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Michael? Did you amnesia away, Logan? No, I went to the theater for this one, which was probably uh, breaking a streak of not going to the theaters for the last two or three of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one drew me in. It looked pretty good, and I didn't disappoint. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit then, and I enjoyed the multiple rewatches I've given it. This is 2017. I think it was a May film. So three summers ago really isn't that far in the past now. Um, Lily would have been 15. We definitely went and saw it together. Her mm-hmm. brother was still too young to really want to go see an X-Men movie that was going to be like, you know, more serious and everything and less superhero-y. So we did not take him. So whenever he and I sat and watched it earlier today, it was his first time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an intense movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a journey. It's, it feels epic. Like when you're, going into the beginning of the film, you're going to go through so many places before this story is done. And, um, I think it's probably the most like genuinely dramatic of the stories. It's the least, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's like the least saturated and superhero-y of all these X-Men's, especially as we've progressed through this series, it seems like the series has gotten more and more superhero and saturated and special effects and spandex and stuff. And then we get to Logan and it's like really low key and not low key in the sense that like things don't happen, but just as far as the sets and the dress and, you know, it's like real world down to earth kind of 
um, it's a big shift from like Days of Future Past or or whatever the heck we just recently watched that I've already forgotten. Yeah, Days of Future Past was very glossy compared to this. Apocalypse. Movie. That's the horrible one I was trying to think of. Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Also like we very go, glossy. We go yeah. from Apocalypse to Logan, and it's just like Logan could have been directed by a legit person or something. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know who directed it actually, but uh, it is a, sh- a very stark contrast, I will say. Yeah. Between those two movies. In James tone Mangold. And, um, I mean, storytelling tone, visual tone. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you were saying the effects, for the most part in this, the effects are just making something that looks like it could actually happen, happen mm-hmm. without really happening, as opposed to like warblies and electricals and blasts and, you know, stuff that is completely fantastical. It's the first rated R X-Men, not the first rated R X-Men series movie, because we already covered Deadpool, of course, but. The first one uh, where Wolverine gets to be full-on Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine stabs people. Um, a lot. That, yeah. was one of, that was one of my first takeaways when I went to the theater. Is like, John, you were saying when we first reviewed the original X-Men, I think, way, way back when. Or it was X2 or one of them where you were kind of joking that Wolverine does a lot of stabby-stabby, but nothing bad really happens. You know? <laughs> and I swear to you, I never noticed that watching any of those movies for some reason <laughs> i was just completely obtuse to this idea that wolverine never actually drew blood you know i just never noticed and then i went to this movie and in the opening scene he's like cutting people's arms off and stabbing them in the face and like blood is sporting <laughs> everywhere and suddenly it was like you know what they've never done that before <laughs> they've this never is what done Wolverine's that supposed to look like yeah. yes it- Awesome. I laughed so I mean there was this one okay whenever I was rewatching this I've just this entire week as I was just telling you I've been super tired and I was watching this movie and whenever Wolverine comes in and Laura's just slashing everybody fighting killing everybody and the Wolverine shows up right behind her and is like I'm also gonna slash everybody and kill them. I started uh-huh. weeping like a child. Like I really had a strong, profound emotional reaction to that, and I was extremely surprised. Oh, why? Why do you think that was? Sleep deprivation, but oh. also it might have been because he just shows. It's he's been so you know kind of uh, indecisive. I don't want to help anybody uh-huh. anymore. I hate helping. Like ah. Uh. Uh-huh. The X-Men are a lie. And then he <laughs> he has to change. He has to help this kid because obviously she's completely screwed. And after just watching her like go sick house on all of these guys, kill everybody in that whole first or that one uh, fight scene against the Reavers, mm-hmm. she kills so, so many people. And then Wolverine has to help her because he's has a, you know, a moral dilemma on mm-hmm. his hands. I was like, well, Logan, you're so great. <laughs> I, ne- I, le- uh, I barely think of how great Logan is, but that was a scene where I was like, I love him. Logan, Logan is always cool with kids, for sure. That's like That's one of his true. definite character traits. But I also, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, maybe we're jumping ahead here, but I do like those scenes. There's a couple. There's that one, and then in the end. And both of them, Laura has this look on her face like, oh, that's what a grown-up version of me looks like. They're Daddy? You know? I don't know. I just kind of like that connectivity Mm -hmm. that they had between that they're basically the same person in a way oh yeah that was a hundred percent the draw of the movie for me for sure yeah this is um 
for some reason, I found myself thinking about Kick-Ass. Uh-huh. I don't know how much y'all Very know. violent also? Very violent. And, you know, the young actress who uh-huh. gets to a lot of really, really crazy, violent stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is Daphne Keene. And, you know, she and Chloe Grace Moritz act their asses off and get to do a lot of really crazy stuff that most, you know, 10-year-olds don't get to do. Um, I don't know. I just really, really liked her. And then I saw her again in His Dark Materials. Oh, and she yeah, was really okay. good in that. Um, She's I was impressed. great. Yeah. So is, I mean, because I don't know nothing about, is it, is it, what is the name of? The other Wolverine, Wolverine also, or just X twenty four, X twenty four. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, I completely um, is forgot that, about that plot. <laughs> is that the same as who this gal in this movie is supposed to be, or they just make her up? Well, X twenty three is a comics character. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, I know that, but I was wondering if it's supposed to be the same as this character, or if they're just com- different characters. You know what I mean? X twenty. Mean, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> X-23 is Laura, right? So Okay, so they are the same. Yes. But no, because X-24 is the anti-Wolverine, right? But they are the same, right? Because they're both from the same cloning or whatever. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's all clones. So technically, in a way, they're all the same. Yeah. I, I'm, what I'm, I'm asking is Laura in this movie supposed to be X-23. Yeah, the or comics is, character X-23. Okay. Okay. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. The anti-Wolverine is the next one they did, so they call him 24. I've never read any of her stuff, but I really liked Laura in this movie. So She is great, and all new Wolverine is really good. Now she goes by Wolverine. There's two okay. Wolverines in That's comics. what I thought, yeah. I heard they were reverting her name, but I could be wrong. Back to X-23, um, they just uh, confirmed it, that she is still Wolverine. Cause awesome. Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. They're going to call so, her B- Blady Girl. <laughs> That's a pretty good name. She, <laughs> she, uh, I don't know. It's because she has all of this past problems and issues around that name. X23 is something that people called her. It's essentially uh, similar to being a dead name, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. So going by Wolverine is kind of this big step forward, which was really exciting. Well, yeah. Who'd want to be named after their clone number? No, nobody. <laughs> and she filled in for Logan with the costume and the code name whenever Logan was dead. It was and so good. Yeah. He was dead for, you know, quite a while as far as comics deaths go. The, her, series, <clears throat> her series is all new Wolverine goes for, I think, 35 issues. So, wow. yeah, it's kind of a kind of a little arc. Wow. And then even though that he's back with Wolverine, she's still Wolverine. So they're the multiple Wolverines, like they're the multiple Hawkeyes. Yes, they just did that. And I'm very excited about that. That's a very refreshing thing because I think everybody was concerned that they were going to start calling her X-23 and, you know, those weird connotations around that name. So I like to think that that's what they were going to do. And then they heard the loud outcry of genuine reaction, not yeah. just like hurt fanboy you know i hate that you're doing this stuff but like actual human reaction and it was yeah. like yeah maybe 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 this was a bad idea let's 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 pull that back mm-hmm. they, should, they should create a team with a roster that's all like people with the same name as somebody else and call the team like ditto <laughs> i was gonna say um people who are clones of x-men characters would oh, be yeah. a really good team <laughs> there you go those are Call. all people who just try to kill each other all of the time. The copies to the rescue. Oh, uh, so good. 
But I assume this this Laura skews a little younger than the comic book version Absolutely. that I've seen the pictures of. Yep, sure yeah. does. But she's great. She oh, wait, wait, wait. is so good. I just had a horrible pun. Ready? Okay. Uh-huh. So the team of um, X Men clones is led, of course, by Madeline Pryor, and the book's going to be called Prior Offenses. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, Marvel. You can, <laughs> call, you can us, call anytime. Uh, the stuff writes itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, really liked her, and I mean, she's probably the draw of the film yeah. as a whole. Yeah, it's impossible to talk about this movie without just being, you know, she was the very best part, pretty much, and then Logan's journey and his, you know, him wrapping up all of his situations trying to go out peacefully his or, mm. but really failing killing lots of people on his way out but and, it, oh yeah and the marketing centered around you know the little hand clasp they do and the oh whole dad dad logan idea was so just, cute yeah we all love to see it that's the thing because wolverine is cantankerous all of the time and kind of a jerk those early x-men issues where wolverine shows up and he's just a jerk for no reason all of the time (laughs) it's just like you would i mean wolverine's cool but you wouldn't want to be in a room with this guy at all and then he kind of gets better whenever he's around kids but see, that's you, you made that's, your claws come out without your gloves. We thought they were part of your gloves. We didn't that, know they were in your arms. And he never asked. <laughs> that's how you do it, though. You be a jerk, and then when you show just a little bit of heart, Everybody, Sarah's, Sarah's bawling. It's perfect. That because is the she just movie doesn't Purple expect Rain it. in a nutshell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is all about Prince being a jerk, and then at the very okay. end, he goes, "You know what? I am gonna sing your dumb song, <laughs> and it's Purple Rain." The most beautiful song. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm absolutely a sucker for that. (laughs) If you have heart all the time, nobody cares. They take you for granted. (laughs) He knows. Don't I know it? I I would have loved to, like, I mean, I'm glad that this is his swan song and he's gone and retired and stuff. But, like, it would have been great to get, like, two, three more, you know, quote, unquote, episodes out of this old man Logan and... Laura just touring the country. Oh, I know. <laughs> we keep wanting him to have a sidekick because this happened at yeah. the end of the Wolverine too. Yeah, we at the end like, of the Wolverine, he was going to go gallivanting around with Yukio. Yeah, but I imagine she out. gets older, she becomes a teenager, he has to deal with that. Oh my God. All oh, the attitude. Would have ensued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a great, like she was cool because not just because she was interesting, but like it was neat to see like her. He could see himself in her, like how she started, and she's all feral, and you know, know, you don't steal and you don't do this. And meanwhile, she can look up to him as to like, you know, he's been through it and he's got the same abilities and you know weirdness that I have. So uh, it was a cool contrast. It's and there's the whole connection. <laughs> yeah, there's the whole like she wants him to be better than he actually is. Yeah. So when she looks at him, there's like a certain amount of disappointment mixed in with everything. Mm-hmm. But also it's like, it's, it's from a place of hope. It's a, from a place of like wanting him to be better and seeing that he can be better. And then at the end, whenever she says, daddy, it's just like, you know, <laughs> we, everything we could have had. Is all yeah. Now. I, I know. 
I the look that that girl gives Logan is the look that I give Logan sometimes. <laughs> I'm just frowning and my eyebrows are doing things and ah. I don't trust him, but I love him. You know, she's, she's got such a cool face. I don't know. She like, really they just, does. They really cast a good actress for the or actor for this one. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see more of. I know. As... I wonder how they could do that, though. But yeah, I would, too. Just, just wait 10 years. Well, the, yeah, like, exactly. 25 and now you can. And she's in her teens now. They could do a, 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 or a movie about these future X-Men that got away, you know? In the end. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Lock and Key is on Netflix now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Shit. saw that. I've been yeah. waiting for this for literally five years. Is Laura Seven in years, that? maybe? <laughs> Ten years, maybe? Any? Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, y'all. Lock and Key is on Netflix now. If you've never read it, you really need to read it, and then you also need to really watch it. And my brother turned me on to it. It was one of the, like, the last really big stories we shared before he died, and now it's on Netflix, and Lily and I are both really excited to watch it, and that's what's happening tomorrow. Yeah. Anyways, back watch- to the lock and key tomorrow in its entirety or what you're just going to get started or i don't know actually she's working tomorrow so i don't know what i'm gonna do but (laughs) i gotta make this happen he's gonna finish it is it all out or is it just one episode no it's netflix it's gotta be it's netflix it's all of the ones okay well i'll see how much i can pay her Quit her job and watch that lock and keep <laughs> Yeah. That's where you need to go next. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I know we're talking about Logan, but this yes. has been like a really big deal for a really long time. Yeah. And now it it's here. Very and important. I'm excited. It's okay. Um, I'm excited too. I think that that's going to be a good show. Yeah. Okay. Daphne Keene. She's awesome. Mm hmm. Um, Daphne. Talking. Daphne Keene is the best thing that happens. We can't overstate that enough. I don't think I noticed it in the trailers, but I noticed it every time I watch the movie. In that one hand clasp scene, both of their knuckles are covered in blood. Mm. Oh, my God. From their claws popping. Their it's just shared like the, tragedy. Yes, their little sameness. Their, their, their pain is on their hands. You know what else I really liked? And this, I don't know, maybe I'm just putting this on her and she wasn't even thinking this, but I love the end where they pump him full of like super mutant juice or whatever that stuff is. And for five seconds out of all this entire movie where he can't get his claws up, you know, pun intended or, you know, euphemism, whatever, uh, <laughs> like he gets to be Wolverine of old mm-hmm. for just a little while. And she gets to see it. I just like the look on her face when like he comes out of the woods, you know, in berserker mode. And goes crazy, and she's just like, "Oh, that's what he used to be like in the heyday," you know. Mm-hmm. That was really cool stuff too. I'm obsessed. It's such yeah. a good relationship in the comics. I feel like there was a long time that went by where the relationship between those two was really rocky and strange, kind of, and he mm-hmm. was kind of deadbeat daddish <laughs> about mm-hmm. it. But it's so much better now, and it's always just very endearing to watch those two because Wolverine has always struggled with being able to accept himself, and mm-hmm. whenever he's faced with his own clone, he has to kind of love himself a little <laughs> right? bit, and it's actually just one of the most beautiful metaphors <laughs> I've ever seen. It's so sweet to watch those two interact. They're very, very cute and very much the same. 
It's the that's, whole movie. I mean, there's there's stuff yeah, that happens, sure. but that's the movie. Is <laughs> those two being adorable? Right. I was really impressed. I'm not sure exactly how much Spanish training she had coming into the story, um, but I was very impressed by her accent and her rattling off of the language. Yeah, she sounds great. Uh, well, Wikipedia says she's a British Spanish actress, which doesn't necessarily mean she knows Spanish, but oh. But uh, okay. that's her genetics anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of adorable, though, I don't know about the rest of you, but I think a a really potty mouth Professor Xavier is quite amusing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Professor X in this movie? What is happening? Uh, well, he's going insane, but I just, I don't know, those scenes where he's just like, being crude and childish, like, is just really funny for some reason. Him yelling at Wolverine just all of the time is really funny. And I think that <laughs> there's that scene whenever the second Laura gets in the car, mm-hmm. Xavier is just like, she's a mutant like you, Logan. And Logan's <laughs> like, no, you do this to every person. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to try to mentor her. Yeah. Please stop. You do this all yeah. the time. It's led to so much death. <laughs> but seriously, though, petulant F-bomb Charles Xavier was Cute. sending me. I was here for it. <laughs> I also it's- like that relationship because we've all had, or at least I assume we will all have at some point, we have to care for the elderly and like they're slipping away and they're not the way they used to be. And, you know, you could feel like that was hard for him that he had to obviously keep him it's even worse for him because uh the, the the most powerful brain in the universe is going mental so that's not great right you right. gotta keep him in that thing and you gotta hide him away and they're trying to save enough money to get on this boat and i don't know i liked all that and like how like you know there's another moment of wolverine there's another bit of wolverine like here's a guy who on paper especially in the beginning would have probably just written all this off and left but no he's the last guy to be around to take care of this father figure that he's you know, developed. So who he loves so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But even though he is annoyed by him, (laughs) Logan loves, I think I said Logan. (laughs) Logan loves (laughs) professor X and is able to love professor X more than any of the original five who actually had to deal with him whenever they were coming of age. Logan can have this adult relationship with, I mean, that sounds wrong, but are completely right, depending on what your zone is. But (laughs) I would say that they have such an interesting dynamic between each other because Wolverine still always looks up to Xavier and you can always tell no matter what, even whenever he's be quiet, stop bothering me about mutant kind i don't want to hear it anymore you can still tell that he really loves xavier because he would be gone otherwise right yeah there's also this role reversal because now xavier is the child and wolverine's the dad in a Mm -hmm. way because he's got to take care of this petulant person that won't cooperate (laughs) with anything at all there's an interesting line that i don't remember catching in the movie and i saw the theaters but it jumped out now and he says when i met you you were doing cage matches stuff full of barbiturates <laughs> and we took you in and gave you a family and i'm like are we getting a little glimpse into the timeline that we didn't have he, he was in cage matches in the first movie 
he remember <laughs> oh, yeah logan in cage matches is one of my favorite things ever because it just it's every time you look away you're oh where'd wolverine go and he's just off in a cage match somewhere. that's that's where rogue found him like somewhere in like some snow place in the middle of nowhere yeah but xavier uh, didn't find him there well but he met him around that time they probably just told him this is where we found this weirdo but also we <laughs> don't know because you're right like how does this timeline work he lost his claws last I checked, but then he had him again, and then he had him again, and then okay, everything we, got we, reset. And your I don't question know. has a faulty basis. You're asking how the timeline <laughs> works, and we know emphatically it doesn't work. Right. Right. But if we were to assume for so, a second, the last time we saw Wolverine, I was trying to think about that. Like in present day, was oh shoot, I pressed the wrong button. Was uh um, X. Days of Future Past. <laughs> right well, we saw him in apocalypse all weapon x stuff no, i know but the that, snow. that was that <laughs> takes place in the past i meant like the presence gene gene's alive again and scott's alive oh, again and okay. he's like going he's like oh we changed everything and he's like professor is like oh i got a lot of things to tell you welcome back and that's like the last modern version of logan mm-hmm. we see and then it and then it moves to this you know i don't know how many years in the future setting well, it would have been 12 at the time so that's so, that's the Logan we got, I guess, whoever that <laughs> was. I heard that it's an alternate universe, but I think that that's just what people say whenever things don't match at all sometimes. <laughs> people go, I want to tell this story. Mm-hmm. And then they go, you know what? That was an alternate universe because it really didn't match anything. Well, Everybody futures goes, are always alternate match. universe to an extent because you're yeah. never actually going to get to that future. Yeah. Um that's this the is, paradox of the X-Men. <laughs> and this is at least lightly based on at least the look. I don't know about the rest of it because I've read Old Man Logan, but uh-huh. Old Man Logan is a possible future. Yeah, except for uh, all of the stuff that's super Mark Miller. <laughs> like that yeah, it's, it's, it's really not Old Man Logan except not at for all. three words. Right. It's right. like Old Man Logan is about a fight between him and this like mafia Hulk or something, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, Old Man Hawkeye, they drive in the spider mobile. There's no yeah. more. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> right, right. There's really nothing in common between them. Right. Mm-hmm. Other than the look. They're both gray and old. And He is old yeah. as hell. That's true. <laughs> well, but I, you think, had mentioned... I think Old Man Logan is uh, not dying, though. In the comics, I mean. No. Right? No. You had I'm mentioned. Trying... I was just mentally trying to track old man Logan's whereabouts in my head and was like, stop, (laughs) stop, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. (laughs) So at the end of X-Men Apocalypse in the post-credits scene, they do that blood extraction and they put it in the Essex briefcase. And you had mentioned, Sarah, or maybe it was Michael, that that was supposed to be the seed of this film. And then this film just went like other directions creatively. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it it was supposed to be a hint of... What's his stupid face name? Uh, Mr. Sinister? Mr. Sinister. Essex, of course. And you could still say that that blood was taken to wherever this weird lab was that we did see glimpses of and where Mm -hmm. they were cloning mutants. So it it is still connected, but they don't play up that name. Pulled the Essex trigger on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the timing on that does work out, though. So if that was, you know, a 2015 film or Uh 16 film or whatever. This is 2017. It takes place in 2029. The timing for that program and setting up Laura and everything. I mean, the ages work out. Right. Um, so I was kind of, you know, I liked that because continuity yeah. and making things fit 
makes my ha- brain happy. Also, they said there has not been a new mutant born in 25 years. 25 years. years. So 2004 oh. was when the X-Men movies had already started. Oh. So when they're... When Jean Grey is dying at the Lake Whatchacala in Canada, no more mutants are dying or are being born after that. Right. That's weird. Yes. I, they don't really say why that happened either, but I guess it just... No. But then again, we, we don't know why mutants started in the first place. So what's the difference, I guess? Dr. Rice said that he managed to figure out how to stop a random oh. mutation. That's right. Okay. So he did it. Now he's trying to get him back. Or at least create him on purpose. Yeah, create him on purpose is what he's trying to do. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> I like that um, Wolverine's healing factor is essentially just not working because of the stupid metal crap they put in him in the where they shouldn't have done in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know? Because <clears throat> that is actually... If you think about it, why would you want to give someone who can heal unbreakable bones? That just seems like a point, <laughs> a pointless exercise, right? Because yeah. they heal. So never really thought about that before. But I do remember, like <laughs> in the comic, I do remember in the comics they talked about that a little bit once. When like uh, I don't know when this was, like two thousand or something, and Magneto just like sucked all the adamantium out of his body, and for Fatal a while, he was, yeah. So for a while, he was just bone Wolverine. That yes. was 1993, sir. Okay, see? I think things are newer than they are because I'm old. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and at that point, like, suddenly he could heal even faster and stuff, and they were talking about how it's because, you know, if you think about it, his body is constantly trying to eat away at this unbreakable material because it's foreign to his body. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So, so 23 years later, as it's been doing that, now it's like his adamant, his healing factor is weak sauce because it's just exhausted from trying to kill stuff it can't kill. The hamster on that wheel is so tired. Yeah. And so that's why if he could just get that stupid metal out, he could probably be immortal. But instead, he's aging and not healing fast anymore, and he dies. He does. It's kind of fine. I feel like Logan very much is very, very ready to accept that (laughs) as his fate. Yeah. Logan has been, he has been making sad eyebrows at everybody since the very first film. He is tired. Yeah. I think Hugh Jackman was probably done. I think (laughs) as much as I, I personally think Hugh Jackman in this role was amazing, but at the same time, we also are always like, why does it have to be Wolverine and his X-Men? Why can't it just be the X-Men once in a while? So it's kind of nice that he, that's not Jackman's fault. That's no, it's not right. It's not his fault, but I'm also in some ways glad he's done because it's like now we can just focus on maybe other people. Yes, well, except we that just now saw the... 10 movies with Wolverine. So. <laughs> like even when he didn't need to be there, like the last yes. movie, they oh, just shoehorned him in. Yeah. That was, I remember now that that was a point of contention. Where, yeah. <laughs> oh, why is he in this movie? Of course, we have just had a big creative administrative switchover. So oh, yeah. who knows what the new people are going to do? They're they are going to possibly bring the mutants into the MCU, right? That's the no plan. Idea. And if they do that, they can do whatever they want as far as starting over. So maybe we'll have a whole new X Man named Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll just give it to Laura. Be it. 
That would be great. I would love for Laura. I would love for almost any characters to start showing up more. I would love, I mean, if you're going to make a Marvel universe movie, I feel like you should almost obviously have the like storm be the person because storm is in almost every team. (laughs) She's been on all of the different teams. So she'd be the person maybe to like start out the merge. She and and black Panther could have a big wedding movie. I, Yeah, I always go so I go all over the place with their relationship. And that must mean that it's good because my emotions go from one side to the complete other side all of the time with those two. Not that Marvel has asked me, but if they did, I'd ask them to just keep the X-Men in their own corner. But that's just my my preference better that way. They they sometimes think so. Except for I thought I mean, except for the parts with Havoc giving like the M word speech or whatever. I thought that the uncanny Avengers was pretty good because it had that whole feud between Wanda and rogue to me Mm -hmm. was one of my favorite things ever because every time rogue has like a gotcha, you you're too powerful to live. Then always Scarlet, Witch just comes right back at her and does the, (laughs) well, then what are you or something like that? And you're just like, Wanda, I love rogue, but I love Wanda. Anyway, That's not they in this good. movie. <laughs> but we could conceivably have that at some point in the future. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Wanda, Wanda Vision is coming. Yeah. I know. I saw the trailer for that. That looks good. Yep. With I thought babies. it was really good. I know the two cribs. Two babies. Okay. That leads to disaster. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, how can they have the X-Men then? Because we know there's going to be no more mutants. Uh, well, there currently aren't any mutants, so maybe she creates mutants this time. They do a backwards thing or something. Yes, more mutants. <laughs> yeah. Yes, more mutants. <laughs> All right. What's the game of the guy who is uh, the leader of the Reavers? Because he was perfectly creepy cool. Also, so different from the comics, but pretty yes, good but in this. I liked him. I liked the casting in this for that yes. dude. Yeah. He was He's a brand my... new character to me. He was like an evil yeah. gambit from uh, Wolverine totally. Origin. Well, X Men yep. Origins. Yeah. Like both of those dudes could hang out, and I could just watch that for two hours, probably. <laughs> yeah. Donald Pierce is one of my least favorite aspects of '80s X Men. Oh yeah, he's rough. And it's just like I kind of like his Reavers more than I like him. It that's and... I mean I hate Pierce. That's a very important detail. Every time he shows up, he is terrible. But do you hate his the fiction of Pierce, or do you hate him like you're supposed to because he's a villain? Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All the ways of hating him, I hate him. <laughs> I don't need him in a story, so I hate the idea of him, but also yeah. he's a terrible person. Yeah. And he's bad at his job. It's kind of funny whenever he and Lady Deathstrike team up in the 80s. But anyway, the Reavers, this version of Pierce is pretty, I don't know, he's scary. You're right. He's totally a creepy villain. So He's creepy, but he had a lot of charisma. So I was like, it was, I don't know. I I liked his on-screen time, I guess. Totally. That is like (laughs) His death scene was amazing where the kids all like cover him in grass and Squeeze yeah. him to death, and yeah, I feel I feel like the Reavers at that point were possibly being a little cocky, just the way they were approaching capturing these children. It's like, do you not realize that they do things? Because yeah, they're mutants and stuff, and they just had guns and like 
Yeah. The kids, the kids were like making, you know, tree bark fly through their skulls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, we're yeah. mutants. It turns out we do all kinds of bonkers yeah. stuff. Like the girl yeah. made the forest eat the people. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh yeah. That was, was really very funny. I forgot about that part and it was really good. <laughs> all of the powers I think looked really good. Yeah. That's what I'm and saying. Like, they, could, they could do a movie about X-Men from, you know, 2043 or whatever. So I have a question. Yeah. What is it? See if we can take this ineffable quality and effort somehow. What is it that made this random mutants doing mutant things in an attack scene bit in this movie cool, but not so in X-Men The Last Stand? Well... The plot was better. The so the story, act. the story around the fight was better because I think like X Men: The Last Stand, that last fight is probably entertaining and in and of itself, like just watching mm-hmm. them all be X Men and okay and do power things. But it's just like, yeah, the plot was dumb and 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 it's a little more superhero and hyped up, and this one's just more I don't know. Maybe they're just better at rendering powers at this point or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about the fight scene of the last stand and that whole, there's just too much ridiculous stuff in it. Yeah. Isn't that the part where juggernaut shows up and he's like, it's yes. juggernaut bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of like weird wire acts with beast who already looks weird. I, I know. Remember that. Like he's jumping on from one person to another, but yeah. then there was cool stuff too. Like, uh, 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 Iceman and what's his face fighting. That was right. Cool. I was going to say, maybe it's just the fact that we didn't really have expectations around any of these characters. Right. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, it's easier to impress me whenever you're just, Hey, here's a bunch of kids. Well, I think they, the plot, the plot also sets it up to where these kids are being oppressed and they're on their yeah. run. And we hate the Reavers by this point, including the cool, you know, Boyd Hallbrook, Donald Pierce one, even though he's cool, he's annoying mm-hmm. and we want oh, him yeah. to die <laughs> and they're all cornered. And then they turn around and face their bullies, and that's just very satisfying. And the yeah, because it's the entire movie has such an emotional precursor to it, where I feel like the <laughs> the precursor to the emotions of the last stand was question mark, and then after <laughs> you go question mark question mark question mark question mark question mark. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. just having some problems yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. So I think that that's maybe the biggest difference. It, Logan goes to extra effort to build this world even as little time as they have to do it and so that's what makes it i think very good is they go all right these are kids first of all no expectations you we don't know that this is beast or something it's not one of the big name x-men all of that i think went into it and it's just heartful it's like a heartful movie more so than (laughs) any of the other x-men movies i i also i think in addition that i think that there's something about the effects. My mind wants to use the word realism, mm-hmm. but there's nothing realistic about turning a guy's arm into ice, no. except right. that his his arm looked frozen. It didn't look affecty. Right? Yeah, it was. And there's really no like nice. ice blasts. It's just her breathing vapor out of her mouth, which is a thing that we see in real life. Yes, they went. I think they kept it minimal enough. This kind of happens with me. In uh, there's a sh- that show Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol to me has no budget, goes so sparse on effects. And every time they do use an effect, it's always like, oh, this is a great effect, you know, because they 
are ingenuitive about it. And I feel like this movie, even though it had such a huge, huge budget behind it and everybody knew this money, this movie was going to make money. They still were kind of tasteful and a little tactful whenever they were doing the design and kind of planning out the scenes because they didn't go over the top at any point. And it's kind of that over the topness that (laughs) pulls you out of those other X-Men movies. I think it's just, it's, the entire movie is just, I, I am always trying to figure out what the word is, but there's a difference between like a movie like this and the look of say Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, you know, oh, yeah. where everything just feels like kind of like a set and weird fake lighting, which isn't necessarily bad sometimes. Like I like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, but it doesn't yeah. feel real. It doesn't feel like something, a, a quote unquote real director would have, like a street story or a, uh, I don't know what the word is, but like a lot of times I feel like they're they come into these movies and let's make a superhero comic booky movie, you know, mm-hmm. and everything just looks sort of fake. And I yeah. maybe that even started with like 89 Batman or something where everything was set was set built, you know, buildings and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So like you look at 89 Batman versus like the opening of Dark Knight where it's like, oh, Scorsese could have done that one, you know, because it's like. Right. It's it looks like a real person in a real building in a real setting and real lighting. Of course, like you said, John, there's not actual mutant powers in the real world, so that's all fake, but they kind of blend it and make it look like it's part of this they real world you reality. That it's not fake. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that they really just made that because it's there's parts of this movie where the plot I just completely check out of, which in some cases in some of the other X-Men movies is bad. <laughs> and in this one, it's kind of well, because I'm I'm enjoying the character interactions. I'm enjoying the way that the plot goes. The pacing is great. We're saying goodbye to Wolverine. All of the emotional chords are hit, you know, from step to step. It's kind of just you know, it's if somebody was trying to script the perfect Wolverine movie, this is pretty much how they would do it because it has all of the aspects of a Logan story. It has him as the, you know, solo guy who's having all this, you know, troubles, connects with a young person who needs his help and all of that kind of stuff. It's all of the stuff that we always want from this guy. So that was, I think that that's why that in those circumstances, I'm always it's easier to overlook, you know, whenever the plot makes no sense at all. Because <laughs> it doesn't here either, right? Like, at all. This is also the goodbye of uh, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier, too. I know. Which is less, maybe, less of a goodbye because we already have another Charles Xavier that apparently continues. <laughs> McAvoy. Uh, you know, the swarmy Charles Xavier, but... <laughs> Groovy mutation. It's a groovy mutation. <laughs> uh, but I really liked, I liked, I mean, he starts out, of course, crazy and cussy and petulant, and that's fun. But then, God, I love the dinner scene mm, where yeah. he, like, reminisces about, you know, how annoying Wolverine used to be, and everybody's chuckling about it, you know, hindsight, talking about, and, your, teenage, and talking about your teenage kids. Yeah. Oh, I know. And all that. And then Wolverine has to carry him upstairs and put his old dad to bed. And then there's like the, this is what your life could have been like or still could be like, you know. And then the worst part, the mo- not worse in a bad way, but in a good gut wrench. Yes, in a bad way. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's terrible. But like he finally has this realization or this admission that, you know, he killed everybody and it's, he's sad. And then he gets stabbed in the chest and dies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's talking. He's confessing his sins to Logan, I and know. it's not even Logan. It's not Logan. That was the heartbreaking part. 
Heartbreaking. Yeah, but God, even like the scenes where like he and Laura are watching movies and stuff. Oh my God, all that stuff was just so. And she great. drives his chair around yes. just for the hell of it. It was great. And he yeah. keeps like teaching her little things like about who's in this film and what's it about. And she's like all pretty much just absorbing anything he says because she likes him so much. And ugh, good I stuff. Know. Yeah, this is where, because I feel after reading the X-Men for a long time, you go, Xavier, <laughs> I don't know yeah. about you. And I think that this movie was one of the things that some, I mean, I want to believe, you know, I always want Charles Xavier to be the best that he can be. So it's so easy to get me on his side. And I think that this movie got me on his side again. I think the really best easily. That, I think the best that Charles Xavier can be is Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. Pretty which, much. Which in one and two, he's just exactly what you want Professor X to be. And even in this movie, he's exactly what you want Professor X to be. You know, I'll bet the old. whole being sick part. But mm-hmm. it's only number three where he's a little comic booky Professor X with the whole gene thing. Right. Um, and then, then you're like, oh, I see your true colors are in there. But even then he sacrifices himself for the team, That's theoretically. True. So, like, this is like... Yeah, this is like the Xavier I want and not the Xavier I rarely or ever get. Mm-hmm. Especially what we're reading right now. It's just like, oh my God, Xavier. I Seriously. know. What the hell? Just bury your face in your hands and cry because <laughs> it's yeah. so funny that Moira 10 comes back or whatever, to, not to super spoil, but goes, hey, this is how everything that you do goes wrong. Let me help you. <laughs> and he's just like, no. It's yeah. fine. I'm uh, just going to try it again. <laughs> yeah. Xavier Wait, are you, is a are father. Are you in the X-Books again, Sarah? Yeah, I had to catch up on them because I've been writing about them. So <laughs> I've been writing um, about just, you know, Madeline Pryor and a few other characters. And, you know, I can't look can't at, show my at, face around here. Look at how I'm, you use writing. Godfather 3 you. <laughs> we know I you're going to read them. I know I was going to. You're I was like, just trying to put it off. I didn't want to get too involved. You're like every time Michael Bailey says he's not going to collect Superman anymore. I just shake my <laughs> hand and go, I know in 10 days you're going to be scrambling to catch up to the ones you didn't buy. You might know, as well just brutal. buy them. It's brutal. It's yeah. That's the life that you signed up for, I guess. But yep. I was also just kind of like, I just don't want to be involved in any discourse. I don't want <laughs> to have any arguments you know, on Twitter about this. And I also I'm kind I haven't always been very sold on Hickman, so I've been having a hard time with it a little bit. And I'm just like I don't want to say that to the internet. I'll say it on this podcast, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't want to say it too much because <laughs> I'm just like I don't. Everybody really likes this run, and I think that that's beautiful. And I want everybody to have a great time. And some of the parts I think are so so good, but sometimes I don't know. Am, am I allowed to kill a cat on the podcast because he is really making me mad? I'm not going to kill a cat, but he is doing <laughs> things. Um, well, that's great. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that you're back in. Um, I know. I'm like, I don't really like it that much, but I'm having a great time, and I always really love reading anything that is X Men related, even if I'm not a hundred percent on it. Was well, kind of there, there's a there's a hugely different energy about podcasting or writing about reviewing current comics mm-hmm. versus yeah. older comics because older comics are established they're there there's nothing you can do about them i know i you have distance you have time <laughs> right 
and sometimes you have the benefit of having already been through that journey once and you're going back through with knowledge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everything they did for a while has wrapped up. Mm-hmm. And, and so you know how that story ends. Like right now, the stuff with Superman, his secret identity is gone. Okay. Catch me again in a few years, you know, because <laughs> yep. I, I know that they're going to do stuff to, to fix, not fix, but to, to revert. Right. Always. Let's, let's face it. Everything that came out when you were interested in that thing is the best thing. And then well, after that, it starts I was, raining. <laughs> I was like, well, I got involved in the X-Men in the mid nineties. So I don't think that that might be true. Well, but, but it's, it's the thing that you love the most. Is it what was got you whenever into I it. was obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. like things start, you know, the longer you're into this same old, these tired franchises, they just keep going and going. It's like, you'll, you'll start seeing the same story elements again. It's like, boy, they did that already. Or yeah. something new that you think is dumb or your character acts weird because now there's a writer, a new writer. And you didn't even mm-hmm. care about writers when you first read the character. You just thought he was a cool <laughs> character, you know? Right. And then one day it's like, wow, this guy doesn't understand this character. So this isn't real <laughs> for me. And then right, you have right. to wrestle with, do you care? Do you keep going? Or do you just get out? Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's where we're at. That's where I'm at all the time these days, especially now with like everything being regurgitated or anything that I've ever loved as a child being used as movie or TV fodder. Like I'm constantly wondering, am I watching this out of habit or am I watching this? Cause I really like it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like why do I keep watching Dr. Who or Star Trek when I've had no joy in it for like three years? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that kind Are of you not stuff. enjoying new Star Trek. no, or oh. Doctor Who, even worse. It's just like, oh. so what am I doing? Is it just because I've already watched all the others, so I have to keep going? Or I'm sorry, Michael. I know. <laughs> well, I haven't watched Picard yet, to be fair. I'm talking about other things. But mm-hmm. anyway, so that's just how it is with comics, because they're just everlasting immortal characters that, you know, there's like, like this window. Logan. There's a window we love. <laughs> yeah. Either they, either they go on forever or they die on a tree. <laughs> Which, in a way, is kind of like why these movies are sort of cool, because... There actually is a finite existence to at least the actors. Right. And there's a more simplification. Like if you try and read Avengers right now, <laughs> forget it. But you could catch up on the MCU after 10 movies or something. Right. Like that, That's you know? true. Yeah. Um, and That's they still fairly and, condensed. And they're coming and going and dying and hope, theoretically never coming back, unlike a comic book. So, <laughs> so it's just a more simplified version. And maybe you could just live that way sometimes. But That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well it does take quite a lot of effort if you try to incorporate the tv shows oh uh, yeah i haven't a, done that the I tv haven't done shows that. are a lot that's true it's a lot of show out there but even that's still not like five thousand x-men comics yeah good no. god or no. whatever it is these days right. it is literally hundreds of installments that but sarah has read every issue of pretty much <laughs> especially now that i read Hawks, Fox. <laughs> uh, you know what's worse about the X Men, and I always think about this, is like unlike the Avengers or the Justice League or something, the X Men started out as the X Men. So you like the X Men, which means every X Men book and solo book and offshoot of an X Men is something you should read. I know. Whereas a Justice League fan could just be like, well, I like Green Lantern. So I'm reading Justice League when Green Lantern's in it, but otherwise I don't care. <laughs> like it's way harder to oh, like a God, team yeah. than a person. Right. Yeah. Well, it's because you're, in, you're invested in the family. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're not dating one person right. and occasionally seeing their family. You're invested in the family and you want to go follow all the members of the family. Yeah. Like whenever the daughter on Blackish gets her new show, Grownish, <laughs> you want, you've got to go. 
Yeah. I totally feel you. You have to go with her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, the X-Men have pulled me in uh, all kinds of different directions. And they're like the worst of the team because you could say that about Fantastic Four, but how many titles have they had that spin off? Not hardly anything, right? And the like, X-Men have so many, but they're yeah. also all so sad and so edgelord. <laughs> There's so many edgelord sad X-Men stories. Uh, Every alternate reality future. I mean, Logan, uh, for instance, but you know, yeah. all of them have the most tragic ending that could be possibly imaginable. So yep. it's the hopefulness of the Avengers is just a very different thing or the hopefulness of the Justice League is a different thing whenever it's compared to the X-Men whose entire storyline mm-hmm. is about them suffering, essentially. About, about them having a really bad future. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there is no Addicted. all happy alternate future of the X-Men. No. Has there no. ever been? There's never been a... No, 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 at the end of friggin' um, Days of Future Past movie. Okay, it was that, the all happy ending of the X Men. That's that the present. It. Has there ever been an alternate future where like mutants are doing well? Well, I just wrote an article that was about the different utopias that the X Men have tried, and all of those have ended extremely poorly, oh. <laughs> beyond badly. Just like it's unbelievable. weird. Like at, at no point in Marvel's future do they ever just embrace mutants and everybody nope. coexists and is happy and and you know technology source because mutants are awesome right great at things yeah because yeah. humans will always be terrible and always marginalize those uh, who are yeah. Different. I, I yeah i don't know too depressing um, <laughs> yeah maybe a little bit i was gonna say something clever though which i almost never do what was it wait for it Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So Days of Future Past. In the movie, they had the all happy ending where it's like everything, we 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 stopped the thing. Everything's better. And right. in the comics, they stopped the thing and it just kept on going on a slightly different path. Right. Well, like they realized like within an issue or two that it's just like, oh, oh, well. <laughs> well, for all we know, that happened in Days of Future Past too, the movie, because we never saw anything past that one day. Mm-hmm. Well, Gene Gray's alive, so you know that has to yeah. be better. So that was right. better, and Scott's alive, so that's better. But we don't see the future. The future just disappears, and a new horrible future could take its place. <laughs> very, very likely. In fact, it did, because now there's a world where no mutants have been born, and the old mutants that do exist are created in a lab and are on the run from evil scientist reverse. So Seriously? Yeah, this is the future. <laughs> oh, well, when you put it like that. And guess what? <laughs> Professor Fair X doomed. went crazy and all the X-Men died except for Wolverine because his brain heals fast. Right. But now he is going to die. So props, storytelling props for them for never really coming out and describing those events. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they hint at him and they give you like just enough to kind of understand. But there was no flashback. It was just like, you know what? They died. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was and Xavier's so. fault and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Huge bummer. What do we think of Stephen Merchant as Caliban? Was he uh, the same person that played Caliban in Apocalypse? No. no. That was Thomas Le Marquis. Gotcha. Stephen Merchant's yes. the guy who like teams up with, what's his face all the time? Ricky Gervais? He's like that right, big, tall, right. gangly looking guy. Mm-hmm. I liked him in this movie. I thought he was cool. He had more uh, of a role than he's had yeah. so far as yeah. a character. Yeah, before the last movie, he was just like a 
what was it, an arms dealer, a mutant dealer, or something weird like Who that? Who talks about himself? Oh, in third oh he finds mutants for people because that's his power, right? Totally. Which they reference in this. They like yeah. use together mutants for people. Well, they right. kidnap him and use him to find Logan, so that was horrible. I know. Poor guy. Caliban, that's always yeah. going to happen to you. Your powers suck, and you also made yourself a target by being involved in a bunch of shady stuff. So, But then he, then he blew up and killed the, uh, the doctor, so that was cool. That was cool of him. It wasn't great for him, but it was no. cool of him. <laughs> Not great for him, except at least it ends his torture, right? I mean, fair enough. If you were born as Caliban, you'd probably want to get out of that situation as soon as possible. That guy has a hard time. So this movie, like, I'm like thinking like we should talk about more characters, but there aren't any. There's like five characters in this movie. It's the and Logan so and Laura movie. Logan, Laura, Xavier, the stupid doctor that nobody cares about because, you know, Richard Grant plays Richard Grant every time he plays something. <laughs> uh, and then the swarmy but awesome uh, Donald Pierce, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and Caliban. Yeah. Wow. Very simple. Donna Richard Grant was briefly the official doctor. By the way, that might be another reason this movie is so uh, such a fresh of breath air. Fresh of breath air, (laughs) breath of fresh air is because like we've been getting more and more X Men every movie, (laughs) and like now we're now they're cutting it back down to okay. There's just five people in this movie. Okay, cool. We don't have to try and cover and and cover badly like giving people things to do. Yeah, like, cameo, 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 yeah, cameo. Right. Everybody in this movie got something to do, which was nice. That's true. That's nice. And in they fact, all got kind of fleshed out a little bit. In fact, I would say this is the most successful giving people something to do movie we've covered on this X-Men saga of ours. Wow, you're really, really right about that. Like, even the original X-Men's with Singer, like, there's a lot of just like, oh, that's Colossus, but... What does he do? Nothing. He just <laughs> Hi, Colossus. Colossus. Bye, you know? Colossus. Hi, Colossus. Right. Hi, Kitty Pride. Bye, Kitty Pride. Right. It's just an endless series of that. Oh. And these the guys... Colossus pastiche on Deadpool gets more character development than actual Colossus in the X-Men. Sure movies. does. Yes, he <clears throat> does. Yeah. But in this movie, it's like every person had a thing to do. That was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So is this the best X-Men movie? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it I mean, has. How can to it be. not be? I don't want to appoint a Wolverine movie as the best X Men movie. Okay. I'm morally against that, but they have really pushed the situation to a head. You could say that this Laura movie is the best X Men movie. That's true. Honestly, Laura, you saved this film franchise. Yeah, and I assume that means the next movie that I haven't seen yet, the only one I haven't seen on all these, the next one, Dark Phoenix, is just as good as this. (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wait, no, Deadpool 2 is next. I forgot. Oh, is that right? I forgot about that, that. too. Deadpool 2 with SC. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then Dark Phoenix after that. Now, I liked Dark Phoenix. I thought it was a big improvement over X-Men The Last Stand. I'm sure it's not without its problems, but I'm looking forward to recovering it. And then it's the new mutants after that, and they were done. Yeah. Because the new mutants is actually happening. I honestly didn't think it was going to happen, but it's happening. I keep looking at it, just side eyeing it and being like, are you going to happen? Is this people, going to be a thing that occurs? When, so does keep it, posting it's actually stuff. had a release date, right? April. Oh, okay. Release date, April 3rd. There you go. 
Yeah. Oh no, that's so close to April Fools. Are they just going to yank us under the rug or <laughs> yank the rug out from under? <laughs> They're like, ha ha ha, idiots. <laughs> um, yeah, this by far, like I liked some of the other ones, but since we've gone through these consecutively, like this just stands out amongst them so it bad. Really like does. it's just so good. So it's impossible to pick another one. Although I do yeah. like X X two quite a bit still. Yeah. Yeah, it still doesn't come close. (laughs) No, it doesn't come close, but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, we've we've picked out as much good stuff as we can from the X-Men films. And there really is a lot of good stuff out there in the X-Men films. Mm -hmm. But are there in are there whole good films? There aren't there aren't there aren't that many films that just come away saying that was a lot of awesome. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I still find myself liking them. Like I yeah. haven't mm-hmm. hated any of the ones we've talked about, really. Even if it sounds like I do, like they're still entertaining enough to watch repeatedly. I, uh, I walked out of Apocalypse feeling entertained, even I'm though looking I felt forward like the to whole last act was so long this time. Watching Dark <laughs> Phoenix, I've never seen it, so good excuse. Yeah, I'm excited Sophie, to see it again. Yeah, Sophie Turner, Sophie Turner, Dazzler first appearance. Oh yeah, spoilers. I forgot yeah. she did that. That was totally on the internet. You can't blame me oh, for that one. I know. I did see that already. <laughs> <laughs> that was everywhere. I know. Everybody. It's like 12 seconds of the movie. too. Oh. And everybody goes, oh, my God, Dazzler. And then it's over. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Dazzler. God. Yeah. That is so 80s. Yes. I love her. Same. I don't know that I know oh. much about her other than I just remember her because it was the 80s. Allison is so great. I remember reading the 25th issue of her series being like, wow, I really, really like this comic. <laughs> and then the creative team changed and it didn't really do it for me that much anymore. But like for, for a big arc leading up to, and then climaxing in 25, it was a really, really solid book. Yeah, it really was. Actually, She was part of the X-Men when I first started reading them with the Claremont Sylvester stuff. I think mm-hmm. she had that yep. blue outfit and the, the Bob haircut in Australia Definitely. before the, um, the uh-huh. Yeah, and they all went shopping. I remember that issue for some reason. Yes, I always remember great. that issue. She and Shatterstar were a thing, not Shatterstar. Long <laughs> shot. <laughs> yes. Long shot. Yeah, long shot. That's right. Same thing. They're both glowy. That's true. Speaking of eighties, long shot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the mullet. Oh, he's the in our next movie power. though. What? what? Oh, you're right. Big big role. Shatterstar is in Deadpool too. Oh, Shatterstar. Well, they're That's the same. Long shot. See, you just did the same thing I, I just did. Same thing. They're related, aren't they? Aren't they like twins or something? Something like that. No. Kind they're of. just from the same world. Yes. And they both have star <laughs> eyes. And lots of hair. Lots of hair. So much hair. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that none of that had anything to do with Logan, so <laughs> I mean tangentially. <laughs> yeah. That's our future, though. So. <laughs> so be back next month. Deadpool 2 is on the horizon. We've already covered that Deadpool for this show. Deadpool 2 Redux for us. Yeah, because we're going to add two new people to talk about it, so that'll change it up. That's mm-hmm. right. Especially since I can't remember it anyway, so I'll watch it again. <laughs> and then when Dark Phoenix came out, we had already started this saga, this journey, so we didn't cover Dark Phoenix. That's going to be first yeah. time. And... Yep. Then New Mutants after that, and then it's gonna be Black Widow, and then we're gonna figure out what to do with our lives after that. Yes, have so to we're all gonna with some hobbies. <laughs> we're, we're gonna find a center point on the map and all drive and meet each other for this New Mutant thing, right? That was the plan. I, 
I'm into it. Yeah. I would do that. <laughs> I'm also the person who's like literally in the middle of the country. So I oh. feel like that means I don't have to move anywhere. That's <laughs> totally cheating. But yeah, that's fair. She's like, okay, here's the theater that is 10 miles from my house. <laughs> and, and it turns out that that's the exact middle distance between you two. Because <laughs> I'm in away. Florida and you're in California. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> okay so we're gonna work out the logistics on that off microphone <laughs> <laughs> but y'all come back and uh well of course you're not coming back in a month you're gonna go listen to the make ours marvel episode that's on the feed right now the regular weekly coverage of silver age comics we have episode 97 in your ears we are building up to the big 100 and we're covering more issues per episode now these days because we try to give you as much value as we can for the dollars that you don't spend on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. I've been enjoying that. I feel like I've been getting my zero dollars worth. <laughs> and Sarah, um, okay, so this Wednesday there is a new episode of Bitches on Comics, which is last Wednesday when this comes out. So what is the new episode that's coming down the pike? Um, well, I believe that it's going to be our crossover with the podcast, the good, the bad, and the basic. So that is a great podcast and everybody should listen to it. And we teamed up on their podcast to talk about the movie wonder woman. And on our podcast, we do talk about, um, underrated female characters. Oh, so like every female character? Yes. <laughs> that is exactly how it sounds. We just talked for three hours. That's why it's a two-parter. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're excited about that one. This whole month, we're, we have uh, – it's all interviews. We're doing all interviews for February. We just had Paige Allen talking about Venom on the show. And after The Good, The Bad, and The Basic, we're going to have Stephanie Williams back on. Well, Good. Yeah, I'm so excited. I love all these people. They're great. Yeah, awesome. Okay, and um, you said you've been writing about X-Men. So there's some articles out there they can go hunt down? <laughs> yeah, I just wrote about the X-Men utopias that all failed really badly. It's not the most uplifting thing to read, but it is a thing to read. And also uh, just doing tons and tons of behind-the-scenes work. I don't know... I. Let me. I'm doing the math in my head. Yes, now I can talk about it. It's. Uh, I just did the script for a Harley Quinn video that's about ready to be premiering, I believe, on Sci-Fi, and maybe on their website, but maybe on the channel. Who knows? I have no idea because I just handed over the script. But that's going to be really exciting, and it's just informative. Talks about Harley Quinn and what her influence is. Good, 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 good. She. Yeah. Margot Robbie really fought for this movie, and. Uh, it is finally happening. So that's exciting. Yeah. We talked to, uh, I believe, I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it past the script, but the people who put on the film, uh, talked to a lot of burlesque dancers that do Harley Quinn cosplay and just, you know, Tara strong is in the video. Paul Dini, Bruce Tim. It's uh, a really fun one. Yeah. It's so good. I really enjoyed it. Amanda Connor, of course, is in there. I love her art. Yes, God. And her Harley is still just the best one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really yeah. is just, I mean, when I think of Harley, I think of her Harley. Yeah. I don't think of Batman the Animated Series, which I know is probably what everyone else thinks of, but I think of sure. Amanda Connors Harley. That's when she's by herself. And I mean, with Poison Ivy, you know, on, a, on again, off again with Poison Ivy. But to me, that was just the iconic run. 
To me, in my mind, they're like always on. They just don't have to be around each other all the time. I know. I swear to God, I can't handle. (laughs) There's so much where people, I just, I think that a lot of times people try to draw back, you know, from that relationship, but it's always everybody's favorite. You know, nobody Mm -hmm. cares about Harley and Joker, obviously. I mean, some people do, but that's not great. And (laughs) their relationship uh, doesn't really need a label. It's like when they're there, when they need each other, they're there for each other. Yeah. You know, support, help, you know, a night, whatever they need for each other, they're there. Yeah, that's true. They have, they're obviously the most important person in the other's life. And so I always think that reducing it is a bad idea. It's always important to not refer to them as like best friends or whatever gal pals. But I think that, you know, as long as it's accepted in some way, just that's, uh, that's those two, they're girlfriends or whatever. And you don't really, to me, it's, you know, in comics, you only end up going so far with any relationship. You only see so much of the interaction. So whenever it's like that, I'm always in a good place. I think whenever they try to, uh, just, I don't know, different writers do different things like we were talking about earlier and mm. you kind of just have to step away sometimes and sometimes that's me. But anyway, I uh, I still always think that Amanda Connor did the best job and maybe that kind of tents my perception <laughs> of current comics. All right. Well, Michael, we've done it again with Sarah's help. We pulled off another X-Men Yay. episode. Yay. I like that she does all the heavy lifting. We should bring her back every time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back in um, a week for regular Silver Age stuff and a month for more X-Men movies. Yay. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> There's a man going around taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, 100 million angels singing, multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying. Some are born and some are dying. It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the priest.